You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Because nope. I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th, hosted by Kevin Hart. The seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, Quick strategic thinking is crucial, and with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown, and through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Welcome to Islanders Anxiety, the podcast from Lighthouse Hockey. My name is Dan Saracini. Joining me today is a man I would never cut from my training camp roster, my friend Michael Leboff. Mike, how's it going? Wow, that was super kind. Thank you. <laughs> I it's, thought about that all day. <laughs> yeah, uh, it's awesome. You kept that one from me. You, mm-hmm. you know, the uh, wow, I'm kind of taken taken aback. Thank you. <laughs> well, it's true, uh, and it's also it. uh, no problem. And it's, it's, the feelings reciprocated. Thank you, thank you, uh, and it's and it's apt because uh, we're here and uh, we're recording today because the Islanders are actually playing on Wednesday. But it's a good thing we're recording today because uh, uh, the Islanders made their cuts uh, to, to training camp. I almost said summer camp there. No, not summer camp. Training camp, and um, they cut down uh, quite a few players. Uh, they've actually reduced the roster to just twenty eight two of whom are still on PTOs, and we'll talk about one particular PTO in a minute. Um, a lot of these cuts, uh, so they went from from 68 to 43 on Saturday and then to 28 today. Um, you know, a lot of the cuts, I would say, are not surprising. All of the junior players got sent back to their respective teams. Uh, Noah Dobson kind of seemed like he had an outside shot at, you know, maybe making the roster out of camp, but uh, he's been sent back to uh, Akademin, uh Acadie Bathurst, right? Is that where he he plays? It's one of those cool, I, like yeah, um, great job. Yeah, I think. 
Uh, I think so. Yeah, he played one of those cool hyphenated QMHJL. If I was going to follow another league besides the NHL, I think it would be the Q. I just I love all those kind of weird. I I had a uh, assigned Bruno Gervais wow. QMJHL. God, now I can't remember where he played, but <laughs> whatever whatever team it was, uh, I had assigned. I still probably have it up in my uh, my childhood bedroom. Let's make that our Geico trivia question for the show. What, what what junior team did Bruno Gervais play for? And we'll give you the answer at the end. We'll look it up and we'll find out. Because I have absolutely uh. no idea. But uh, we'll do that. Um, but, yeah, he got sent back there. Bodie Wild got sent back to Saginaw. Much easier name to remember and to say. Um, which, again, is not, not surprising at all. Um, as far as the uh, guy – oh, um, Pius Suter was sent back to his team in Sweden. I want to say Sweden or Switzerland. Yeah, he's. I think he is Swiss, but I'm pretty sure he plays in Sweden. Okay, so uh, so he was sent back there. I believe they still retain his rights, but if they don't, somebody can correct me in the comments. Uh, you know, he seemed like a kind of a good bet, but uh, he got sent back uh, to play overseas, and uh, a bunch of dudes got sent back to the AHL. Two of those guys are Kiefer Bellows and Josh Hosang. The I think two of the three guys that we kind of thought would break camp with the Islanders, or at least hope break camp with the Islanders. Um, Bellows, uh, is the easier one, or I guess I should say the, the, he was the guy who seemed like he had the best shot at making the team. He had had a heck of a preseason. He had a couple of goals. Uh, he looked good. He was scrapping. He wasn't a liability defensively. And I think those three things are what the coaches kind of look for <laughs> in training camp. And, uh, he seemed to satisfy them, but, uh, he got sent back, um, you know, and, uh, uh, Lou Lamorello, uh, he gave a, uh, you know, he actually stood in front of reporters and talked, which is something we're not used to here. But we'll talk about Lou's <laughs> role in all this in a little while. And he said, uh, I thought they played extremely well. Uh, I think they have a bright future. All they have to do is continue to grow. These players that are going down, they don't deserve to be here right now. They haven't played that well, and they should be t- that they should be taking a job away from the veterans at this point. Uh, so basically that means that oh. – yeah, that's my that, – Yeah, that was my uh... – <laughs> My grandpa was once a when he was in the MIPD was the whenever John F. Kennedy would come to town, he would be in a security detail. And I wasn't alive back then, obviously, but I feel like that's how he talked. So <laughs> I need to get older. I can do the Boston, the New England. Yeah. Thing. I need to I need to get a raspier because Lou is an older gentleman and I need to. Uh... I thought, yeah, it's pretty, it's pretty good. <laughs> All right. Then. Well, it's a work in progress. But um, but yeah, basically, you know, there's a couple of ways to interpret what. Lou was saying, which is that the guys didn't play well enough to take a job away from a veteran. But he also said um, that Bellows certainly showed well, showed up well, better than I thought he would. It's best for him to go down to the minors, play a lot, play in key situations, and just grow as a player. Um, he also said, Lou said, that Josh Hosang was excellent. I thought he worked hard. He gave us everything he had. He worked on his game without the puck. He's been excellent at camp. Just grow in Bridgeport and get better. Now, on the one hand... Yeah, okay, that makes sense. I mean, these guys are young guys, and you know, hockey is is a lot of things. It's it's a business. It's predictable. <laughs> it's a boys' club. It's an old boys' club. And so, like on one hand, these guys getting sent down isn't really a shock. Like they're they don't need waivers. They're not going to lose them by sending them down. They're twenty and twenty one years old, or right? Was it so saying twenty one or twenty two? Like, yeah, he's he's 21 going on like 63. Yeah. So so they're they're young and this is what happens with young guys. And it's hard to even really get that mad about it. Bellows, I thought, looked great. And I think everybody says he looked great. But the problem for Bellows is 
he's either going to play on, you know, the Islanders right now have three fourth lines and it's probably not fair for Bellows to play on any of them. So, and the same for Hosang too. Like they, these guys are offensive players and to saddle them with third liners, which is essentially what they beat with probably isn't fair to them. And they're going to go to Bridgeport and get like actual, you know, first or second line playing time, which is probably a good thing for them. Uh, Anders Lee and Brendan Burke, our friend, uh, the, play-by-play man um you know they both said hey look there's nothing wrong with going down to the a like that's where you work on your game and and it can be helpful so there's nothing wrong with this and it's not permanent like these guys can be back and if they're good they will be back um that being said it sucks right (laughs) this does suck yeah it does uh first of all the, the panic button like everyone should just step away from it because just just going down to like you said going to the minors is a very temporary thing people are going to get hurt mm. they will they will overperform in the minors and get called up if if you know that's the case it's great and this is the same f- like fan base that when Nino Niederreiter was playing with Jay Pandolfo and Marty Reasoner were <laughs> we were freaking out because we ruined him and right. the Islanders did it pissed him off because Nino Niederreiter's agent is a smart guy and was like well my my bottom line is being affected because Nino Niederreiter is playing with Jay Pandolfo and Marty Reasoner and <laughs> So something had to give. So would we like to I – w- I mean, of course I'm upset and I'm upset because it's it's kind of a mess of Lou's own doing with some of the contracts he handed out in the summer. But yeah, we'll I'd talk much, about them in a few minutes. <laughs> yeah, I'm just much I'm just much happier to see that, you know, that let, to let these guys go down, let, especially Bellows. Like the guy needs – will probably need some seasoning in the AHL one way or another no matter what, what the situation was. It's great that he had a good preseason, but he's he's coming in with like a, a little bit extra motivation. I don't think you're going to see guys like even like a guy like Anthony Beauvillier or or Barzalo or Anders Lee really get give everything they have in a preseason game. So Bellos is probably already playing at a level uh, like a regular season level. Those guys are obviously warming up. So I'm not surprised that he did really well in uh, in training camp and, and in the preseason. But this is this is not a bad thing at all. The, the, there are bad things a part of it, but the fact <laughs> that these two guys are in the minor leagues is not bad, and and we'll see them. I yeah. promise. Yeah, I agree. I don't think it's the worst thing in the world. Uh, and again, I, I think it's predictable. Like, I mean, I think they you know, Bellows seemed to make a case for himself, but you know, when you look at the roster, like, where is he really going to play? Uh, and it becomes a problem. And I, you know, it's we say it all the time, but it, it is true. Like, I'd rather have them get playing time down in Bridgeport. Um, and you know, for once, actually, Bridgeport might have a pretty good team. I mean, I know that doesn't mean a hill of a, be- a hill of beans to a lot of people, but you know, it would be nice for the farm team to want for once be good. Like they've made the playoffs like one time in the last ten or twelve years, or something like that, and and they got wiped out that that time. So uh, I don't think it's a bad thing at all. Um, you know, whenever anything happens to Hosang, and you know, I think this is partially our fault, it's partially his fault, it's definitely partially the Islanders' fault, although it's more about the last regime than the current one. Um, you know, you wonder how it's going to affect him, but he seems like, like you said, he's a, he's 22 going on 60 something. Like he's a worldly dude and he seems to have a very philosophical look at things. You hope that he doesn't take it too hard and you hope he, he keeps doing his thing because a lot of us want to see him play and, and we hope that, you know, the door has not closed. Um, so hopefully that works. You know, Michael Dow Cole though, <laughs> who was drafted the same in the same draft as, as Hosang hit him, I'm a little worried about. And I think it's safe to say that. He's not going to be the player that people thought he was. And what's funny about that is, you know, I mean, we we tend to carve the Islanders up for lots of stuff. And 
again, I, I hate to say this, but I'll get to that in a little bit. But, um, you know, whenever I think of Michael Dot Cole, I think of the fact that that year he was drafted, he was literally the consensus number five pick in a year in which the Islanders had the fifth pick. I mean, he was like number five overall in central scouting. I think Bob McKenzie had him fifth. You know, all those guys, Craig Button and all those guys, they had him in like the fifth or sixth range. And and they all had him, you know, every mock draft had the Islanders taking him. So it's not like they, they overreached or they, you know, they took a guy they shouldn't have taken. He seemed like he was going to be a worthwhile pick at that spot. And just it's been, you know, whatever, four years now or three years. And it's just, I don't know what's going on with him. I don't know if it's just skating or he isn't quite, wasn't quite, isn't quite what he was built to be as and. You know, I was looking. Maybe he just needs a, a a change of pace or a change of scenery. I don't know, but it's I'm kind of distressed by because he seems like such a nice kid. Like he had this whole backstory that was really heartwarming, and it just you know it, it would be nice to see him kind of turn around. But at this point, it's we're almost into like flick of the switch uh, territory. Like he just oh, he flicked the switch, and now all of a sudden he's good. Like I don't think that's going to happen, but it would be nice if he yeah, did. yeah. It's it's he's he's an interesting case, right? Like you said, I I was I think I was bartending the night of the draft when they when they picked him and I just kind of went into it, assuming that they'd, they'd, they'd probably grab him or, or um, I think it was like Hayden flurry or something. Mm-hmm. I think those are the two guys like kind of in that area, but that draft outside of Ekblad and uh, I guess you can say, well, William Nylander, I think too was there. And, and uh, I believe Nikolai Ehler, Ehler uh, yeah. whatever his name is on the jets. <laughs> but like, aside from those guys, it's, it was not, a good draft really i mean there's yeah. like a couple guys who've made it so there's not like you said there's really nothing you can get terribly upset about with the islanders hmm. uh for that pick because it was the the consensus pick and uh unfortunately he hasn't panned out yet and it doesn't look like he will and <laughs> he I, I and it's funny too is because the the islanders went a very un-islanders way of developing him like to mm. the point like they went down like the straight and narrow with him yeah they're like no they, they really did they, they didn't do the josh bailey throw nope. him in to the fire no he they went, also he went right back yeah, to he junior went, yeah mm-hmm. he played on the he played on a memorial cup winning team right or at least yeah i think yeah he won a memorial cup that year and he went to team canada and yeah no it's i didn't even think about that but you're right like they did all the things they were supposed to do yeah, they went by the book from from the from the draft to the right now, and mm. and he just still hasn't panned out. And yeah, you know, like you said, hopefully he does. But uh, I'm, I'm not too yeah. too um, optimistic. Not to uh, not to um, uh, you know step all over you, but um, David Pasternak was in that draft, so he's pretty there good. You go. <laughs> so yeah, I, where, what was what, what was he drafted? He wasn't he was, drafted. No, he was in 25th. Yeah, the, yeah, the yeah. Bruins kind of struck gold there, but he's a pretty good player too. So, but yeah, like you said, it wasn't. A lot of these guys are kind of still scraping by and trying to. Sonny Milano was in there, like you know, not bad players. They're just trying to kind of find their footing. But nobody, nobody has has less footing than Michael Del Colt, <laughs> who's yeah. not, who's only barely just sniffed the NHL in that whole time. So yeah, maybe he can turn it around at some point. Um, but yeah, so the problem, as we alluded to before, is that there are a lot of veterans in the lineup that are on one way contracts and. You know, whether we like it or not, those guys are going to take precedent. Um, like I said before, I, I'm only half joking. We're probably going to talk about this a lot this year. The Islanders essentially have three third lines or three fourth lines. You know, they've got your you got your Barzell line and he's either going to play with Bailey or Lee or Eberly or Beauvillier. Something some combination of those five guys are going to play on a line. The other two guys are going to end up on a second line, probably with Brock Nelson. So that's I wouldn't call that a third line necessarily, but it's, you know, 
it's going to be sort of less <laughs> less scoring oriented than the other line. And then you've got the Clutterbucks, Ezekiel Martin line, and then apparently this, you know, Komarov, uh, Filipula, maybe Kuhnhackel combination that is going to haunt our dreams for a long time. Um, <laughs> and it's it's tough. It's tough to crack a lineup like that. And again, you know, getting back to what Lou was saying before, he's he pretty much said it. The people we have here. And we have to give the ice time to them. We have a lot of players on the contract. We have to find out who they are and if they can play before any major decisions can be made. Myself and our coaching staff are still learning about them. So, again, he's not wrong. But, you know, I think it's – I'll speak for everyone. I say, man, I'd rather see Josh Hosang out there than, you know, Valtteri Fopola, like <laughs> or, or Leo Komarov. <laughs> yeah. And that's part of the problem is you got – I mean, again, I, I get it. They want to sift through these guys and give them a chance to prove that they can't play anymore, and that's fine. But, you know, how long a leash is that, and when can we see these guys again? Because I got to tell you, you know, I'm not excited to watch, like, Tom Kuhnhackle play every day for the Islanders. It's just really not. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I mean, you nailed it on the head. It's There's two – the Islanders – fourth line is really two fourth lines it's mm. it's a true bottom six mm. there it's what's probably going to probably in like the the literal sense of the word keep them out of the playoffs mm. and um it's it's a shame in in one sense uh but like it's just i i, I if you didn't expect this to kind of <laughs> to happen yeah uh you know you just you you might have you're maybe a little out of touch with like the way things were heading <laughs> Um, person, personnel wise, like, I mean, there, there, Lou wasn't going to sign Tom Kuhnhack. The, the Kuhnhackle thing was hysterical. Cause like mm-hmm. he saw, he signed Komarov. I'm like, all right, you know what, whatever. That's your boy. Maybe he helps the, the penalty kill. This is also pre Matt Martin. Right. Like he's, he's, he's going to put him in the, the fourth line. It's fine. And then the Phil Pula thing, I was like, all right. Like it's like that, that, uh, gif of the Vince McMahon, except the opposite where he's like leaning back in the chair and then he gets hit once <laughs> yeah. and then twice. So it's like, yeah, like you get Komarov and then you get Phil Pula and then the Kunaka thing. I'm like, whoa, yeah. what? And then he, he topped it off with the Russ Johnson extension, extension which <laughs> yeah. I haven't heard his name like once, though. I have no, no idea what their plan no. is. I think he'll he'll end up eventually back down there, too. My thing on Phil Pula was I, I feel like they just kind of it's like a fantasy football draft. Like they just needed a center and they threw a dart and it was like, well, who's the next guy on the list? Phil Pula? All right, we'll just take him like. That was it. Oh, we need a center guy. Like, you know, it's in the eighth round of your fantasy football draft. It's like, I need another wide receiver. Who's the next? Read me off the next guy on the list that wasn't taken. Oh, him? He didn't retire? All right, I'll take him. Like, okay. And it's just it's somebody there that you yeah. can slot easily into a position that they're familiar with. Whether or not he's good or bad doesn't really matter. It's a shame, too, because his name suggests that he's like – it's like Artem Anisimov. Like, his name sounds a lot yeah. better than he is actually as a yeah. player. Like, he, his hair is awesome. He's a, He's a very handsome man. Phil and, uh, he's like Val no, he, Kilmer and yeah, Tom he absolutely <laughs> he takes he takes the Islanders with like to to a new level of handsomeness, which is so. good. I think like so. we'll, I'll t- I'll take that. I mean, yeah. he's no but, Patrick Sharp, but no, he's no, not far. Not. Yeah, but yeah. Uh, yeah, so he's you know he, he I guess it's safe to say he does give the Islanders another dimension that they didn't have before. But when that dimension is you look like Val Kilmer in Top Gun, mm, I don't know if that's really a dimension that the Islanders need. But I guess it's better than nothing. Um, speaking of other dimensions as in guys we'd like to send to other dimensions. Uh, there's another player that the Islanders brought in. Uh, well, they got three guys on PTOs. Let's start there. One of them is old favorite, Dennis Seidenberg, uh, Matthew Barzell's landlord, super nice guy, turned out to be totally useless last year. 
Another guy is Steven Gianta, whose brother Brian just retired. So he's the last Gianta in the NHL. Again, super nice guy. It's pocket-sized. Doesn't seem to really do much beside, you know, provide energy and a funny goal every once in a while. Then there's Lucas Pisa. Lucas Pisa, 28-year-old defenseman. The man is, he's 28 years old, but he skates like he's 80. I think, uh, you may agree with me. I think that Stan Fischler might be a better skater than Lucas Pisa. Uh, <laughs> given what we've seen in the preseason. All I've ever seen of Lucas Pisa in this preseason is him falling down. That's the yeah. only thing I say every time I turn on the TV and he's, he's playing the game. I'm like, why is this guy always falling down? He's just always he's in always in the process of being turned around. Yeah, it's because he's just not good at no, hockey. He's not. He's not. So he's uh, we are in agreement. He is definitely not good at hockey. Objectively speaking, like again, we're not talking. We, we don't need to talk about fancy stats or any of this other stuff. You could watch video of him playing in these preseason games and determine with great certainty that Lucas Pisa is not good at hockey. Therefore, it is. I don't want to say it's not a shock because, as you were saying before, none of this is surprising. Uh, in fact, in his write-up for for the blog, Dom said uh, this is as expected because, of course, they would. Um, the Islanders signed Spisa to a one-year, uh, one-way deal for $1.5 million, which sounds like a lot, and it is. Uh, it's too much. And I guess his the assumption is he's going to play, which is really, really terrible. Like, this is a bad decision <laughs> and not one that they should have made. Um, good news is Devon Taves is still with the Islanders, so, you know, maybe – Spiza ends up kind of being the seventh man and just kind of floats in every once in a while, which might not be the worst thing in the world. Um, and as Dom said also in that piece, you know, we should probably wait and see how he's used before finally, you know, giving a, a final reaction to it. But, you know, my, and Dom is totally right. Of course, he's always very practical and pragmatic, and that's why we love him. But we've said this a lot. We said this about Dennis Seidenberg, like, Oh, he's the seventh guy. He's not going to play that much. And guess what? That dude played like 80 games every year <laughs> and uh, was in there quite a bit more than anybody would probably yeah. want. We said that about Brian Strait and oh, yeah, yeah. played like an interminable amount of against the Islanders. So I'm really, this really kind of sucks. And you know, mm -hmm. uh, this is exactly the reason why I'm not on Twitter anymore because I don't want to have to deal with everybody making fun of Lucas Spiza signing when obviously it's a dumb thing, you know? So, Right. Yeah. And, and I think um, there's a couple like things right away. Like this guy was on a Vegas Golden Knights team, which means that he wasn't wanted by his previous team, which was a horrible team, <laughs> the Vancouver Canucks. Yes. He went to the conference finals with the Golden Knights. He, I don't think he really factored in much. They walked away from him. And then he went an entire offseason without anybody, you know, obviously making offering him anything more than the Islanders with the PTO. And then it only took two preseason games of him not playing well, <laughs> backed up by the fact that he hasn't played well ever right. to him being signed, which yeah, like you said, it's very alarming hmm. stuff. And the, but the most alarming part of this whole thing is like you, you said, Devin Taves, who we all really want to see. Hmm. And, and I think it's a, per this is like the perfect time for him. Cause this is a very, like we were talking before, the expectations for the season are low. Hmm. This is a really good time to kind of see what he, where, what he is as an NHL defenseman, give him sheltered minutes on like the bottom pair with with Adam Pellick and or you know with Thomas Hickey's just someone he can kind of hitch to and see how the game works at this level and now not only does he have to compete for the sixth spot with Lucas Spiza but he's got to do it with Dennis Seidenberg yeah and well, Scott Mayfield and Scott Mayfield and Adam Pellick who are all kind of cut from the same cloth you know they're all different ages I mean Taves I guess is probably again in that 22 range 
uh, maybe 23, I guess, because he went to Quinnipiac. Um, Mayfield and Pellick are a little bit older. They've been around a long time. Seidenberg is, you know, whatever, he's 35 or whatever he is. And Spezia, like I said, is 28. So you got this range of ages, but they're all kind of the same guy except for Taves, who is coming. He was an AHL All-Star. He can clearly carry the puck way better than those other four guys. Um, you know, is is isn't as tough, quote unquote, or a veteran, quote unquote. And that's about the only things that are going against him. Is it's just the experience level? It's and it's like the old thing, like how am I supposed to get experience without giving me the job? You know that whole thing. So, uh, you know, maybe it's a you know it's one point five million for one year. They could always waive Spiza. It's not a big deal. You know, Seidenberg hasn't been signed yet. He's still here. Like you said, I wouldn't be surprised if he signed by the time you listen to this because it's going to go up on Tuesday, um, which, again, would be round two of everybody laughing at the Islanders. And it's a stupid thing. Like, it's a dumb thing. But, you know, they, it's funny because I get, you know, again, like I was saying before, the NHL is very predictable. And this stuff always happens. It's predictable that the 20-year-old guys who are waiver ineligible get sent down to the AHL. I'm not surprised by that. I'm also not surprised that a coach, even a guy like Barry Trotz, who's a pretty sharp dude, would want the sort of veteran presence, the quote-unquote veteran presence on the team, basically so he's a guy that he doesn't need to babysit. Like, he doesn't need to tell him what to do. He could just tell him where to go. And it's it's not like he's got to watch him and make sure that he's accumulating, you know, acclimating himself well and he's getting along with everybody. Like, Lucas Spiza has been through this. He's been on a bunch of different teams. Um, fun fact about Lucas Spiza, he was involved in trades for both Chris Pronger and Ryan Kessler. Two guys that are both wow. still way better than he is, even though one guy is retired <laughs> and the other guy is like literally held together by scotch tape at this point. Um, <laughs> so I didn't realize he was in that Kessler trade from from Vancouver to Anaheim. But um, so, you know, I get the, the the pull to have these guys that have been around the league for a little while in your team. I get that. That's fine. But when the guy is objectively not good and objectively unhelpful, like at what point is that veteran leadership even or that veteran not even leadership that veteran presence at what point is that even worth it like i don't understand what what the the appeal is after well yeah this guy's been in the league for 10 years and you know yeah he's he's older and he kind of knows his way around the league and everybody knows him and he seems like a nice guy but if he's not good on the ice what's the point like i don't get that's what i don't get about it you know and that's why it gets very annoying it's like what is this guy's purpose if he's being a nice guy that's great i'm sure the islanders have 22 nice guys but I don't see what he's not going to serve any purpose on the ice. So why is he here? I don't get it. Yeah, no, it's 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 something that we we probably know the answer to if that when that <laughs> question gets asked. Hmm. Um, and 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 you know, like we're, we're I think we speak for everybody in this whole Islanders country and and <laughs> even like the hockey world that we're thrilled with the the like the the, the front office structure and who we have like making the um, per, like the, the organizational level decisions and the guy making the decisions on the bench, but the personnel and the like the roster structure is is still t- like you know it's still TBD. And I don't think Lou Lamarillo is going to be the guy. I don't think he thinks he's going to be the guy either. I think he's going to end up bringing somebody in at some point. And we're getting way I'm getting way ahead of myself. But the the whole the whole point is I think he's looking at this as this is his first season with the Islanders. This is his first season in a small market team that's not, well since he's been with the devils i guess but but like it's 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 a completely new new thing to him and i think he's taken this as like a an evaluation year to to see you know what is the best way to build a roster around barzal and also these guys kuhn Hackle and 
Spezas. These guys are very easy to get rid of. That's obviously a little different with Komarov because he's you know signed for three or four years, whatever it is. Uh, so I don't think I don't like I said I don't think this is going to be a long term problem. But for this season and for like where we are right now on September twenty fourth, when you want to look forward and be optimistic about uh, the season that's ahead of you, it's it is a little disappointing. Yeah. Um, and that gets to another thing I wanted to talk about too, which is, and I'm glad you brought up like the sort of regime change and everything. Um, you know, the, the guys behind the scenes are all new and I hate to even bring this up because I can, I can feel, and I can see the eyes already rolling as I kind of, you know, push towards this idea, but you know, you don't want to, the worst thing that could possibly happen for the Islanders this year would be for the overwhelming sort of feeling about the team to be same old Islanders. And the reason I say that is because theoretically on paper, they shouldn't be the same old Islanders. Like they should be, this should be a new dawn for this team. I mean, you got Barry Trotz as the coach. Like who thought about that? And he brought his whole staff with him. You got Lou Lamorello in charge and he brought his whole staff with him. And so this should be a new day, but unfortunately it's moves like this that, Harken back to the not so old regime <laughs> of a few months ago who would have done the same exact thing, which, you know, makes you think of one of two things. Either, you know, maybe the old Islanders weren't as off the wall as we thought. They were just sort of a normal hockey team, and this is what normal hockey teams do. Or that maybe there isn't so much of a difference between the new guys and the old guys. That's the scary thing. Like, I mean, we all kind of want this to be yeah. different. We talked about it. It's going to be different because it's going to be normal. This is, I guess, kind of normal, and it kind of sucks Like, because <laughs> we don't want these guys. We, we were hoping that there would be a change in the, in the philosophy. Maybe it was that, that was naive on our part, knowing that who was taking over. I mean, Lou Lamorello was 80 years old. Again, he probably skates better than Luke Spies does. But um, the, you know, it's just kind of a shame that, that it's, the season hasn't even started yet, and you know, it's moves like this that are already kind of like – letting the air out of the balloon a little bit. Like, yeah, we can get excited about trots. We talked about last week and we can get excited about some, you know, guys here and there that we just kind of like on the team. But, you know, generally speaking, I, I think it's moves like this <laughs> that are like, you know, people are already throwing up their hands. Like, well, really, we're going to start now. This is already. And we're, you know, is the, whatever slim hopes this team had for being a playoff team are going to evaporate even further when, you know, you sign dudes like, Lucas Pisa and getting give him playing time over a younger guy like Devon Tapes, who, like you said, would be perfect, you know, for this kind of season. Yeah, and you know what? The, the, like, I th I think the approach that they're taking a little bit is the NHL is a copycat league, and everybody's kind of going one direction. And I think Lamarillo may maybe, and this is what I'm hoping. So you know, if it's <laughs> it might not be the case, but I hope he saw it and he's like, you know what? The only way we have the only chance we have to win and to succeed is by flipping the script and being something completely different by anyone else because we're not going to beat somebody skill to skill, right? Talent level, the Islanders' talent level is not going to be able to hang with the Penguins. They're not going to be able to beat the Penguins 4-2. So maybe, and it's it's it doesn't sound appealing like aesthetically and it's not going to be what you want to watch, but you know, maybe their their idea is, you know what, we're just going to try to slog our way through through games and pick up points the you know the old fashioned way and 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 you know really make it hard on teams to to play us and it's probably not going to be the case we'll probably get the doors blown off us but I'm assuming you know that's kind of what the the idea here is until the Islanders you know this new core and and I think a lot of like the optimism that we had last week is 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 more long term than you know I'm I'm excited yeah. for the season because I'm excited to see you know this this whole project get underway 
And um, but my my optimism right now is 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 much more long term about you know that the, the like the new core that's developing. If you know you think you think back to like the last rebuild, the beginning of the last rebuild when the Islanders started to accumulate assets like Bailey, and like Travis Hamanick and mm, Oposo. Wilson, yeah, but yeah, like you know, like when that core started to develop, you you got excited, and yeah. you weren't. I, I wasn't excited to watch the Islanders that season. I was excited to watch them, you know see what what you know that this, we're at the beginning of a new stage and and sure there are great moments like the james wisniewski sean avery thing and like there's like there, there were right. and like that those you know those moments have come but uh it's not i wasn't ever excited in the beginning of that rebuild from like 2008 to 2011 12 ish i was never excited for a singular season but more about you know what what could be at the end of this this uh whole project and that's that's where we're at right now and i think that's the optimism that we're feeling and it's weird because there's all this, you know, really good stuff happening in this in one hand. And in the other hand, there's this really weird stuff. So it is it is like the strangest thing it, feeling because I'll, I'll get like really juiced up. I'm like, wow, I can't wait for it to watch this this team. And then I'm like, wait a minute. This team hmm. has Lucas Pisa on it. <laughs> yeah, no, that's a, that's a good point. I, I actually I like the way you thought. I hadn't thought about that. But yeah, I mean, if you're. If you're excited about this team, it probably is more of a long-term thing rather than like year one of the Trotz Lamorello era. You're thinking more of like, you know, the year two or three with like Wallstrom and Dobson and Bellows and hopefully a bunch of other guys that aren't Lucas Pieces. So yeah, no, I, I like that idea. That uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna go with that because <laughs> uh, you know uh, this this season is is I think shaping up to be pretty rough and you know I mean I, there's there's definitely people out there that that think tanking is the best idea. I, I mean every day I read a different comment of somebody saying like no this is all part of the lou's tanking this is all part of ta i really don't think this is part of a tanking thing i don't think lou has that word in his vocabulary unless he's talking about you know ww2 or something like that but um you know this is what it is and i just think it's going to be kind of a rough season so i guess we don't need to get better making the season even more rough and i was telling you before we came on i had i gotta say this because it just if i i think i finally reached my breaking point with this thing and I can't be alone, and I don't think there's anything we can do about it. But I, I just really need to come out and say my true feelings, which is that the Islanders' goal song is an abomination, and really, it needs to go away. It needed to go away. Now is the time to make changes like this that make people think that the team is new and vibrant. It's a new day, a new era. We got Trots, we got Lou, we got all these guys. Forget about Lucas Biza. We're, we're charging in a new direction. And one way they can do that would be like the, to get rid of that damn awful goal song that is just the worst. It's, it's not even a song. Like, I can't even call it a song. It's like a bunch of notes kind of strung together. But it's just so awful and so boring. And it's, it's called crowd chant, right? And it's just it's, like, yeah. God, really? It's just the worst. It's got to be the worst goal song in the league. I mean, do they still use let me clear my throat up in Buffalo? Like that's just awesome. It's just offbeat and weird. And meanwhile, the Islanders goal song is just as boring as they are. <laughs> just stop. Pick a good song. This is Long Island. This is New York City. There's a billion artists out here. Pick one. It's the Ramones. <laughs> it's Mariah Carey. It's Billy Joel. It's, I don't know, man, just pick something. Tito Puente, do something. I don't care. <laughs> just anything but this. This is bad. It, it's yeah. bad. It needs to stop. It's I, it's so it's it's bad. And I, I, think, I heard it in a preseason game, and I'm like, ah, still with this. And all of a sudden, <laughs> I snapped, and I'm like, I can't take this anymore. This is awful. It it is. It's like I said to you before. It's it's you know it's bad when 
you just every day there's somebody tweeting about the Islanders. I mean, it was July 6th and I can guarantee you I saw somebody <laughs> tweeting about the Islanders goal song. Probably. Being yes. And I'm, I'm pretty sure that they, you know, they were probably in a, in a, in a boardroom meeting when this mm. goal song origin, uh, like they're like, we need to change the, the yeah. goal song. Like, well, the, the, the key is that we need to make it sound like there's a lot of people at the crowd yeah. because we're moving it to bark or we're going to be at yeah. Barclays a couple of years. So here's what we're going to do. We're going to, this song's called crowd chant. It must sound like there's a bunch of people here. So that's probably how they, they landed on it. You know, like I, I've, I've said it before in the show, like I'm a huge, huge, huge fan of the the Live is Life era with yeah. when Zen, Zen and Kanapka. Because like you said, it was offbeat. It was weird. Like if I was just imagining if if I was a Buffalo Sabres fan and I came down to Nassau Coliseum to watch the Sabres by the Islanders and the Islanders scored and I had no idea what their goal song was, or <laughs> was and then I heard Live is Life, I mm. would be like, Holy shit. Is it like yeah. – like am I in like Austria right now in like 1986? Like what's going on? <laughs> yeah, it sounds, feels like the uh, World Juniors. Like and, Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And I'm not saying like to bring that one back but that is – that's yeah. – you know, that's where you should be lo- you know, looking to. And it, and, and it's funny too because the players on that, that team and that, they, that team had like a really interesting personality with, with Kanapka and Parento. Even Rick Pietro was still on yeah. the team. Like <laughs> – like that team had a had a funny personality and the, and the goal song matched it. Mm-hmm. And if I was if I was the Islanders, yeah, like if that is like th- there's like two or three very very easy home run PR decisions. Mm-hmm. So the first one is to make sure that Wade Dublowitz is gets his his day in the sun with it. <laughs> you know wh- wherever he is, we need to make sure he's day. back. Yeah, yeah, he gets his he gets his day. And then number two is change the goal song. Yeah, and I you know I actually I was just thinking about it now and. You know, it's it's whenever anybody changes anything about game ops, people always get mad. I mean, the 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 goal horn thing still stings. That was a dumb idea. They shouldn't have done that. But like, I wonder if the best course of action for changing the goal song would be just to, because Islanders fans love the old stuff. Like they love the old, they love nostalgia. They love talking about old players, even if it's Wade Dublowitz from only it wasn't that long ago, or they love talking about stuff from the early seventies or whatever. I mean, maybe the best the best way to do a goal song would just be. Just have Paul Cartier play something. Like play whatever they played it, you know, in 1980. Like just do that, and this way people can't complain about it. And you know, listening to more Paul Cartier is never a bad idea. And the, you know, that way people would just and it would be unique and it would be something new. And you know, I mean, I don't think the Islanders are going to score that much that they're going to break the poor man's fingers. So I think they'll be okay. But uh, <laughs> it's just, it's just such a, it's just such a generic, again, tuneless slab of noise that it's just I can't. I can't even it's and this is what got me thinking about this sort of same old Islander syndrome. Actually, it's funny because I was thinking about it this weekend before all of these changes that made it even more like a same old Islanders kind of situation. But it's like that would be the easiest way to just change something and make it different and make it, you know, feel different. Like, I mean, they scored they they beat the Rangers 5-2 in Bridgeport on Saturday. They played a really good game. And it's a game I should have enjoyed. And every time the Islanders scored, they played that song, and I just could not get excited about it because <laughs> I'm just like this. I've I've heard it before. Like I've heard, you know, we've heard hundreds and hundreds of goals with this song, and uh, you know, it'd be nice to get something new. I mean, every couple of years, you probably should change it anyway, unless you got something really good. My favorite goal song ever was the Flyers used to use "Ain't Talking About Love" by Van Halen. Just the "Hey Hey Hey" part, which you know doesn't strike anybody as like a goal song, but I love a. It's Van Halen, and who who doesn't love Van Halen? But also like, 
that's just a cool little snippet of a song. It gets everybody chanting, and then it's gone. And you can't possibly hate it because it's Van Halen. It's great music. I mean, I would love to steal it. I don't know if the Flyers are still using it, but uh, that would be another thing too. But I think Paul t- Paul Cartier playing something on the on the organ would be yeah. I'd I'd sign up for that and. And uh, I, I think that one of my favorite things ever, and, and I want to take a crowbar to this guy's face so it doesn't matter, <laughs> is Brendan, when Brendan Shanahan was – the Leafs used to – I mean not the Leafs. The Red Wings used to have uh, a song for every um, for every like individual player. So when really? they played – yeah, I think when he huh. scored, like he, they would do this like kind of like Irish jig kind of thing. <laughs> and I, I mean I really – I mean Brendan Shanahan is one of my least favorite hockey players. I mean the guy just like ticked every box for yeah. not – like he played for the Ra- – Get the hell out of here with your goddamn! Oh, I'm not wearing any shoulder pads. Like you're not yeah. that cool, dude. Like I'm, <laughs> I hate that guy. <laughs> you're talking about you're talking about Hartford Whalers legend, Brendan. Yeah, Shannon, there, my friend. Um, yeah, that that would be. Fun. I, I mean, you know what the Islanders should do? They should they should play a Tarantella. There you go. There's a they should they should alternate between like an Irish jig, a Tarantella, and Hava Nagila. This way, you cover all of the Long Island bases, and everybody's happy. You just, you know, just yeah. kind of rotate them. There's another option too. I mean, who's going to yeah. get mad? You play a Tarantella. Hey, this is great. Everybody loves this. Everybody's bouncing and dancing. That would be awesome. And then yeah, so, and something, something like nice, like an opera, like aria sure. for for, for uh, Bar- when Barzal scores or something. Play the something 18, like- 12 overture and just have cannons going <laughs> off. Like it's just, just anything. Like this, just this bro, brotastic, tuneless, awful. You know, again, just noise is just terrible. I, I I can't. I mean, I don't think any anybody likes it, which is funny. <laughs> you know, if you think think like because I, I mean, like live is life was was polarizing because right. you know there are people who aren't as strange as me and Zenon Kanapka are, <laughs> and and like that's totally cool. Like I can yeah. totally understand why a normal rational person would not want to hear that song right. after a goal, mm. but. You know this song. I just like. I don't know anybody. I don't know. I don't know one person that was like, yeah. I don't, like yeah. I really, I enjoy it. Yeah. Maybe that guy. Maybe that guy who they always show on MSG Plus Three when they uh, when the Islanders are coming up. He's always holding a sign that says like, oh, you yeah. know, like maybe he can just hold up a sign that says like, please change the goal song. <laughs> yeah, that will get their attention for sure. Um, I remember. I don't know. I feel like I may have mentioned this once before on this show, but um, uh, I remember the Yankees. Um, Grounds crew dances to YMCA. I think they still do that, right? I haven't been to a they do. game. Yeah. And um, that started a long, long time ago. I mean, it started when Wade Boggs was still on the island, when was still on the Yankees. And I remember that because they used to do it. I was I was at a Yankees game with my friend, and uh, they had they I hadn't been there in a while, and I was like, Whoa, they're doing this YMCA thing. And my friend pointed out, he goes, Watch Wade Boggs while they do this thing, because he hates this. And you could see it, like you can see Boggs, you know, the Yankees were taking the field and they were doing the, the infield and they start doing the YMCA and Boggs just like turned, you can, from his body language, you can just tell he was embarrassed <laughs> and just like, I can't believe I'm on a field with these idiots doing this dance. I can't believe the New York Yankees are allowing these idiots to do this dance. I'm Wade Boggs. I'm a Yankee. I shouldn't have to watch <laughs> this. His, his body language, like his whole body just went limp. Like it was a bag of nails and he's just like, God, and it was the funniest thing I'd seen in a long time. Like, just, I love it. It was very obvious yeah. that he was not happy with it. So that's what, like when live is like when you're like that's that's a polarizing song. That's kind of what it is. Like there are people that are like, oh man, this is hilarious. I love this. This is great. A little bit of fun. And then you got guys that are like Wade Boggs. They're just like, oh man, you gotta stop this. This is terrible. But even they, you know, like there's a reaction to it. So I guess it's something. Yeah. 
Um, and I mean, the, the Yankees also another great song that they they play during it is is uh, during like the playoff runs is is the Vanga Boy like the Vanga bus is coming and every that's that's I mean that's all <laughs> oh, right that's, yeah yeah I know that's that one, that's, yeah. A, that's a that's that's a good one and yeah. and and kudos to us for 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 p- putting on a show where we could get Wade Boggs and Wade Dublowitz <laughs> and Bruno Gervais yeah stick around that's, for the the trivia question and answer I have it right here but uh, there you go. Um, I haven't looked it up, but I want—I I, kind of want to take a guess, and I, my guess is going to be that it was—it's the same one as Dobson. Maybe <laughs> we'll see. Um, <laughs> a couple other things. Uh, speaking of the Flyers, as I was before, um, yeah, the Lucas Beza news kind of sucks for the Islanders, but uh, it doesn't suck nearly as bad as it does for the Flyers, who have a new mascot, which is cool, right? I mean, kids love mascots. This mascot uh, is terrifying. His name is Gritty. I'm not making that up. His name is really Gritty, and he looks like Yuppie after falling face first into a campfire. Like it's really, it's a shockingly <laughs> horrifying mascot. And look, I love mascots. I love, I, I'm the guy who defends Sparky when everybody's like, well, why do the Islanders have a dragon as a mascot? That's stupid. I'm the guy who jumps in and is like, well, actually when Charles Wong bought the team, New York dragons, yada, yada, yada. Hey, Kurt Warner played for the dragons, but I'm the guy that does that because I like mascots and I like Sparky. He's a cool mascot. Um, this mascot, <laughs> I don't know how long it's going to last. Uh, Philly has a tendency to eat their own, uh, even in the best of times. And I, I'm not going to be surprised when Philly <laughs> boos their own mascot <laughs> because of this. Um, but uh, so there was that. Um, I love. I love. I think it's hysterical. Like, like it's like that live is life thing. You know that same kind of chord. It struck with me. I'm, I've. I think Gritty is is the coolest. I'm like, damn. I kind of wish <laughs> they they gave Sparky a Gritty to play with. Oh well, I mean they'll meet in they'll meet in the All Star yeah. game, I guess. Yeah, of course. Right? So, I, can't, I can't. Let's hope Gritty makes it that far. The same division, I guess. When they when they split them off, so there you go. So yeah, Sparky will show them the ropes. But uh, so that was that. Um, also, uh, you know, I feel like um, I meant to mention this before when we were talking about Lucas Biza. Um, I, I feel like I, I sh- we should give equal time and, and say a couple of cool things about Lucas Biza. One was, like I said, he was traded for both Chris Pronger and Ryan Kessler, which is also kind of cool. Second is. Um, he is. He was born in Italy, which I did not know. So if this was an Olympic year and Italy had a team, uh, I think it's safe to say that he'd probably be the best player on the team. I don't even know what other Italian, what other players in the NHL are even eligible for the Italian team. Probably not too many. Uh, Mike so, Piazza. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. World Baseball Classic. Mike Piazza. Um, Byron Defoe played for England. I remember one time because I guess his mom yes. is British or something. Lord, so. Lord, Lord Byron. Yeah. So, uh, so there you go. So if this was in the Italian national team, Lucas Biza would be your man. He'd be the Chris Pronger of that team, basically, <laughs> is, is what I'm trying to say, which is be pretty cool. And then um, the other thing, uh, I can't remember now what I was going to say about Lucas Biza. That was actually pretty cool. I don't know. His name is fun, is, is fun to say. Yeah, no, I mean, he every like he's like Val- Valtteri Filppula, like this yeah. guy and Leo Komarov and Thomas Kunat, but like these are <laughs> they all the, Ed Seidenberg for, yeah. for like in that sense too. Like if they didn't have to play hockey yeah. and you just got to like say like their name and like hear that they were on the Islanders, you'd be like, oh, that's great. Like the, those are awesome names. I, I think we've just inadvertently cracked the coat. I think now we <laughs> yeah. know why Lou signed these guys because they got fun names to say. It might they be what are. it is. <laughs> So, so there you go. All right. Well, congratulations, guys, on having those great names and, and getting paychecks from the Islanders. Okay, time for our Geico trivia answer. So, what uh, what junior team did Bruno Gervais play for? Your final answer is uh, the Acadia Bathurst. 
All right. Team. Survey says Ackerty Bathurst Titan. There you go. You're yeah, correct. I, I could, I could, I, you know, it's, I, I, it was coming to me when, when I was like, oh, I'm pretty sure that's the, the team name because I remember being like, I can't pronounce that. Mm. <laughs> Chef Bruno. Yeah, yeah I, I definitely still have that. I mean, Bruno, Bruno was, was like one of, one of me and my, my friends who I used to go to the games with all the time. He was one of our favorites as mm. for, for good measure. I mean, that guy was, he was fun. And then he developed like a really weird French, well, not weird. I mean, he's from the same, part of the world as Maxime Talbot and that always yeah. pissed me off because <laughs> Talbot is in the same camp as Brendan Shanahan yeah. to me you know oh, the crow, I, crowbar to the face camp yeah oh no I to me Talbot is way where I mean Brendan Shanahan was a he was a good player I had I never had a problem with him I mean yeah he was gritty I, I had a problem with the way he uh he basically told Hartford to get lost <laughs> and get me the hell out of here which I don't like this. So after that, I was kind of like, nah, I don't like this guy so much. But he was a good player. Max Talbot, I mean, if, if he, that guy fell into a manhole, I'd, I'd close the lid on him. Like, I just don't – I hate that guy so much. I really do. His face just really bothers me. Um, Bruno <laughs> Gervais' uh, teammates on that Acadie Bathurst Titan team um, – oh, no, sorry. Uh, I shouldn't say that. Um, other guys that have played for Acadie Bathurst include uh, – Patrice Bergeron, uh, Roberto Luongo, Matthew Perrault, Francois Beauchemin, and uh, Ramsey Abid. Ah, Ramsey Abid. And a um, bunch of other guys, <laughs> basically. <laughs> so so Bruno was definitely the, uh, I don't know, sixth best player to come out of that program to play in the NHL. Unfortunately, yeah. the other guys are all, I mean, I Bergeron and Luongo are, yeah. alone are pretty darn good. So, um, but they, Bruno. Yeah. <laughs> the chef. Gotta find out what yeah, Chef Bruno, yeah. Scored, he scored a a goal in that saber series so <laughs> so me, he's, he's me, got a good yeah me and bruno are, we're, we're good for life yeah uh that was his only playoff appearance 06 07 five games in the playoffs yeah one goal so he five games played one goal one assist two points that's a pretty good ratio there bruno Basically, yeah con smythe yeah <laughs> it's, a, it's a playoff performer to say the least uh okay so um yeah so the islanders uh, <laughs> we never even talked about this since the last time we spoke <laughs> um the islanders went won three straight uh preseason games they actually uh, beat the devils with another shutout they beat the flyers in overtime in allentown pennsylvania and then they beat the rangers 5-2 in bridgeport uh they play the rangers again on wednesday and then they play the sabers on friday um again these are all preseason games so we'll see but i mean it seems like they're kind of nearing their Actual, uh, you know, NHL team. I mean, the the team they played with in Bridgeport was, I would say, a little bit more of an NHL ready team than the Rangers. Although the Rangers had Matt Zuccarello and a few other guys on that team, so it wasn't too terrible. But um, yeah, so we'll have to keep an eye on that and see what's going on there. Um, speaking of the Sabers, if you have not yet read uh, the piece about Kyle Oposo at the Athletic, you definitely should. Um, he went through a really really rough time within the last year. He had a concussion, basically, but it also he had some neck problems, and um, it led it was, to him. That was the craziest thing, man, that was, I've ever yeah, read. Yeah, he basically was a different person. Like it was almost like something out of a movie. Like he had he had become his entire personality had changed. And what you know, we know Kyle as as a guy who likes to read Harry Potter, and he's very soft spoken. He seems like the nicest guy in the world. He's built like a bull, but he's like seems like the nicest guy in the world. And uh, he was, like, angry all the time, and, and his wife didn't know who this person was. And she called his sister to come in from Minnesota, and she was like, you need to see somebody. And he, he's feeling better now, and, I mean, he's getting ready to, to start the season for the Sabres, and that's good because we like Kyle, and, and he's a good dude, and, and he was a good Islander. And But that story is – it's hard to read, man. i got to be honest. <laughs> Save yourself some time because that's a tough one to read, but it's, uh, it's pretty yeah. important. 
uh, and very harrowing. So definitely make time to do that. Yeah. Yeah. That's really the good way to put it. Cause yeah, uh, yeah so, the, it's stuck with me all day. Yeah, no, definitely. Um, so, uh, what else? Anything else? Anything? Uh, <laughs> no, I mean, it's been a preseason, so there's not much going on. <laughs> yeah, I know. I'm, I'm, uh, yeah, I'm ready. I'm, 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 I'm excited. I, I, one thing I want to say is like, I do hope that, uh, we, we mentioned him last, last podcast. I hope that Jan, Jan Kovash gets like at least a look. Oh, right. He's still yeah. with them. So, yeah, he's, you know. yeah, exactly. I hope, I hope maybe like he, there's a, a little bit of a competition there for, for the, the second, fourth line center position or first, fourth line, whatever it is, uh, yeah. between him and Philpola. And, and, you know, yeah. I'd rather take the guy with the higher ceiling than the guy that we know exactly how good he is and it's not very. So let's right. hope that maybe that's a little silver lining. Yeah, I mean, I, I'm with you. I, I would like to see Kovash, Kovar, uh, I guess it's Kovash, I think, um, play play a little more. You know, the problem with him it was the same problem with pretty much everybody outside of Bellows, which is that, you know, they, they haven't really kind of like – gotten anybody's attention like he hasn't been been bad but he hasn't really been great either i mean hosangi kind of thrown the same bucket too the only guy who really stood out was bellows and he ended up going back to the hl anyway again because he's doesn't need waivers so um you know he's got two games and it sounds dumb but you know maybe if he makes some hay in these next two games he can uh you know like you said get a spot on that top fourth line or at least you know get some regular playing time somewhere um and uh, see what happens. Again, this is the Islanders have a really weird, you know, we'll probably talk about this a little more next week, but they have just a very odd collection of of pieces that they need to fit, you know. And so, like, you know, Matthew Barzell slotting into the first the first line center position makes sense. Like, I can see that, you know, even if, you know, regardless of how he ended up there, you know, that makes, that makes sense. Like, he's played first line center before. He's obviously got the skill set. He's dynamic. So that makes sense. Andrews Lee. Could be on the top line. He's been there. Josh Bailey again. He's been on the top line, so it's fine. We got that. Um, the uh, you know uh, Beauvillier and Eberle are totally fine second line players. But then after that, things start getting weird. Like is is Brock Nelson a second line player? Well, he he has to be now, but nah, maybe sometimes he isn't. And then everybody else is like a fourth liner. So you're all kind of <laughs> slotting them into different places. And it's like it's like having a box of toys and trying to like make one cohesive play set out of all of them. But you've got, you know, G.I. Joe's and Transformers and He-Man, and they're all like, yeah, they're all kind of, they're all toys, but they all <laughs> don't kind of, they're all different sizes, and they don't all work together and fit together. And, you know, you you could, if you could swap some of one for a lot more of another, then you probably would, but that's probably not going to happen. That's a pretty well put. metaphor. Thank you. <laughs> well put. Um, on that note, um, I'm going to steal a bit from, uh, from Drew McGarry, uh, who always ends his um, his weekly jamborees at Deadspin with uh, a movie recommendation for Browns fans or Jets fans or whoever the worst team in the league is. Uh, my daughter and I saw The House with the Clock in Its Walls this weekend. It was okay. Uh, if you have little kids and you want to get them in the, hol- the Halloween spirit, it's fine. It's not especially scary, and it's not especially funny, but it's just totally entertaining, and uh, it was a pretty good time. We enjoyed it. I love Kate Blanchett. I like I watch her in anything, and then I just realized that uh, she was in a Ocean's Eight, which I totally missed, which I should probably rectify. But she was great in Thor Ragnarok, and Jack Black is always funny. So there you go. House with the clock in its walls. It's okay. That's <laughs> <laughs> there is my review. Perfect. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks. Uh, so tell everybody your Twitter handle again. It's at uh, the Big Lebowski with two E's. You should follow Mike at the Big Lebowski. Um, you should follow. 
You should read Lighthouse Hockey every day for your updated Islanders news. You should follow our crew. Um, I totally meant to mention this again back in the Lucas Biza sections that we had, but uh, our friend Jenny had a, a very relevant uh, tweet about the uh, relative courses of both Lucas Biza and Dennis Seidenberg. And uh, if you think one was worse than the other, you might be surprised. <laughs> so you should follow Jenny on Twitter, too. She's God. Barzell Line, uh, and you should follow all of our crew. And uh, for, your again, your updated Islanders news. Thank you very much for listening. We will be back next week. See, look, we made it one whole week. We're doing the I know. Thing. We did. Uh, and we will talk to you then. Thank you. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. <laughs>